What an incredible start to the quarterfinals on Match Day Live. On Tuesday, Juventus and Real Madrid went toe-to-toe -to -toe in Turin, but it's the holders who look certainties for the semi-finals. Ronaldo going for the overhead kick, scores an unbelievable goal! Overhead kick finish into the corner, Ronaldo again! Well, it is almost beyond the boundaries of belief, except this is Cristiano Ronaldo, where anything is possible. Elsewhere, Bayern go back to Bavaria in the driving seat against Sevilla, courtesy of a fair amount of fortune. It has been coming. It wasn't their most stylish of goals he'll ever score, but the Bavarians do not care. They've taken a real stranglehold on the tie now. Sevilla one, Bayern two. Then on Wednesday, Liverpool blew Manchester City away with three first-half goals at Anfield. Money! Three! Sadio Mane for Liverpool. This is incredible at Anfield. Liverpool are all over Manchester City and they can't stop scoring goals. Meanwhile, Roma were no match for Barcelona, who also take a comfortable lead into the second leg. And then the shot flashes home. Suarez's goal drought has ended. Barcelona have their three-goal cushion once again. You'll hear reaction from Mats Hummel, Sami Kadira, Zinedine Zidane, Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola on the official UEFA Champions League podcast. Hello and welcome to UEFA Champions League Match Day Live with me, Rob Daly. Alongside me is European football expert Chris Parrott. Chris, we've got to start with what we've seen at Anfield on Wednesday night. Liverpool really making a big statement in the competition. Yeah, the complete performance. They were absolutely perfect. Showed that attacking flair that we've, we've seen all season. We've seen under Jurgen Klopp ever since he walked through the Anfield door. Three goals to, you know, to, to totally shell-shock Manchester City, the all-conquering. Manchester yep. City and then the second half they, they showed a totally different side they, they shut up shop and they nullified City's threat 3-0 win totally deserved Manchester City not a single shot on target absolutely staggering let's go through the classified results uh, for the week then Tuesday uh, Juventus nil Real Madrid 3 Sevilla 1 Bayern 2 and on Wednesday Liverpool 3 Manchester City nil, Barcelona 4 Roma won. Uh, let's start by looking at Tuesday's quarter-final clashes. And we'll begin with that sensational rematch between last year's finalists, Juventus and Real Madrid. This one was watched by Phil Blacker. With this go for Real Madrid, cuts it into the middle. Oh, towards Ronaldo, instinctive first-time finish. It's taken less than three minutes. Cristiano Ronaldo yet again. He's scored in every game in this season's UEFA Champions League. Lucas Vazquez denied by Buffon. Still the threat with Danny Carvajal to return it. Where Ronaldo goes for the overhead kick, scores an unbelievable goal. Overhead kick finish into the corner. Ronaldo again, 2-0 Real Madrid. Well, it is almost beyond the boundaries of belief, except this is Cristiano Ronaldo, where anything 
Anything is possible. It's another classic goal in the UEFA Champions League. It's Juventus nil, Real Madrid 2. I just listened to that, the home fans applauding. It's extraordinary. I don't think I've ever heard anything like it in the UEFA Champions League. Marcello on the corner of the penalty area will get it back this time from Isco, looking to shift it to Ronaldo. He's unselfish, he plays it back in towards Marcello, with Juventus appealing for the, uh, the offside flag. It's uh, bundled into the back of the net, though, uh, by Marcello, and Real Madrid are going to celebrate here. Juventus uh, were hoping for the offside flag, which didn't come. The ten men have gone 3-0 behind, and the 12 times champions taking a huge stride to another semi final they lead at Juventus by three goals to nil. A really bad start but then we really played a good game also in the second half we have the opportunities to score but then um, it was an amazing goal by Cristiano and then with the red card then against Real Madrid, it's for me it's impossible to to win the game. It's what Cristiano does. I think sometimes he does certain things that are entirely his. And we can say that this is one of the most beautiful goals in the history of football. Perhaps not as nice as the one I scored in Glasgow, but it's more recent, so it does have more value. The ever humble Zedadine Zidane, Juve Sami Khedira before that as well. Ronaldo, by the way, the first player to score in 10 consecutive UEFA uh, Champions League games. Adam Summerton joins uh, Chris and myself. Adam covers Italian football. Um, and Adam, were you surprised by the manner in which Juve lost that game in Turin on Tuesday night? Yeah, you'd have to say in terms of how many goals they conceded as well. They'd never conceded, uh, three, never lost by a three-goal margin uh, at Juventus Stadium. So, yeah, you were surprised that they conceded the goal. I actually thought the first half that Juve were the better team, even though they were losing 1-0 at half-time. I thought they'd done pretty well. But I think, look, there was some criticism of Allegri after the game. Did he get the tactics right? Yes, they missed Pjanic, who was suspended. Missed Benatia maybe as well. But I think sometimes in football, in sport, you just have to... You just have to say, look, we were beaten by the better team. And, and I think there is an acceptance in Italy and in Turin that right now Real Madrid are where Juventus are aiming for. They've had two hits at them now in the final last season and in this season's quarterfinals, and they haven't been able to, to, to beat them, haven't been able to get close to beat them. And that's the standard that they're aiming at. And Ronaldo was Ronaldo. I mean, what more can you say? There's no adjectives left to describe that man. Uh, and, and again, he was outstanding. Yeah, the match winner, and we'll talk about the, his second goal because it's one of the, the all-time classics, but his first finish was pretty special as well. Um, I thought Juve at the back didn't look... They made a couple of tiny errors, but as you mentioned, Real Madrid punished them. They are something about Zinedine Zidane and his team when it gets to the latter stages of this competition. It doesn't seem to matter what's happening domestically or, or frankly, how they've played for the season that they... They come alive. Remember, second in their group last season, went on to win it. Second in their group behind Tottenham this season. They look a different side post-Christmas, and, and they, were, they, were, they were pretty much perfect. One big moment, I think, Kaylor Navas, who, who often gets uh, overlooked, but he made a massive save from Higuain at 1-0. And if that goes 1-1, it's, it's yeah. a different game. But, you know, Real Madrid punished Juve, and that man, Cristiano Ronaldo, quite literally unstoppable in Tuesday in Turin. I, th I think one of the debates going on in Italy right now in terms of Juventus is the mentality side of things. Is this, you know, we look at their performances in Italy and they're imperious for much of the time. They believe they're the best, they know they're the best and they play like that for the majority of the time. I'm not so sure that in Europe still, with a lot of UEFA Champions League finals that have been lost over the, over the years, even I'm still not sure that 
as convinced of themselves in Europe as they are domestically. And I still think that's something that needs to be worked on. But Allegri's done a wonderful job there. I mean, two, two UEFA Champions League finals in three seasons, three domestic doubles in a row. I mean, that's... that's but are, are they judged by this competition? Because you look at Bayern, they're judged by the UEFA Champions yeah. League. You look at Barcelona, Real Madrid, judged by this. Even Paris Saint-Germain now, you could argue, that job, that head coach role, judged by how well you're doing this. Mm. Is that the case for Juventus I as think well. increasingly so it is, yeah. And I think that's dangerous because I think I think that if you look at Italy, there are threats, there are... I think Juventus have more in the way of threats than perhaps some of the teams you've mentioned there. Clearly, Napoli uh, are pushing them all the way this season. It's sure. the tightest Four title race. between it, yeah. Yeah, it's the tightest title race in Italy. Even though they've won six in a row, which nobody had ever done before in Italy, I still don't think you can take it for granted with Juve. I think Inter are going to get stronger, Milan are going to get stronger, Roma are going to get stronger. So there are a lot of threats and emerging threats around Juventus. So to judge them purely on their performance in the UEFA Champions League, in my opinion, is a little unjust, really. Well, I think they, have, they haven't lifted the trophy, Juventus, but they, they, you know, if they are being judged, and they've been mighty successful. Not many teams reach two finals in three seasons. Juventus no. have. Unfortunately, they ran into Barcelona in 2015 and Real Madrid last season in Cardiff and then ran into Real Madrid again in the quarterfinals. And, and as Adam said, sometimes you just have to hold your hands up and say, look, the opposition were magnificent. And Zinedine Zidane again for the second round in a row. You know, big decisions to make in terms of his, of his team selection. Now, Gareth Bale again was left out and didn't even come on the pitch. But those that he picks, Isco was massive in the first goal and was excellent all night long and then look standing yeah. you've got Ronaldo and the overhead kick is something that we will watch over and over and over again and I still won't get tired of watching it I think Zidane still even now isn't getting the credit for what he does tactically and team selection and how he sets his side up I think people just still seem to think of him as well, he's just Zidane. He's yeah. just got the job because of who he is and the players just play for him because of who yeah, he is. I, it's more than that. I, it I've, has got, to I've be. got a theory on that, actually, because I think you look at the way he times substitutions who are very effective, the way he's called it at Juventus, at Paris Saint-Germain against two of the best head coaches in the world, he's absolutely nailed it. And I think because he's not showy about philosophy, his players don't necessarily get into too much detail about his philosophy. He does know what he's doing. He's just doing it in an understated way, and I think people perhaps underestimate his actual coaching quality. I don't think the players do. And as you said, you know, look, he's won the UEFA Champions League two times. Only two managers in the history of the European Cup have won it more often. I've said that before on the podcast, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. He might win it again. He, he might win it again. And, <laughs> it's and, ridiculous. One of the favourites. Yeah, and, yeah, and I think yeah. what he's done with Ronaldo, who is now, you know, sort of archetypal centre-forward, Remember when, you know, for years he was a, the best winger and now he, he plays that centre-forward role. He doesn't drop back and mm. get in the way, if you like. His centre-forward runs were brilliant and you know, he scored two. OK, the second goal's an overhead kick, but the first goal was just a predatory finish inside the penalty area. Yeah, you know, that, that is something that Ronaldo has done so well, the way he has modified his game mm. as, as he's increased in years is a feat in itself. I mean, yeah. to, to think how much his game has changed. I mean, I was listening yesterday, you know, it was said, you know, Ronaldo only seems to, he doesn't really seem to dominate games. He just pops up. <laughs> it's a pretty good knack to have, isn't it? Oh, it's you perfect. Know, Messi, Messi has done that over the years as well. Messi very, I mean, I, I went to watch a game at the camp now. Messi flitted in and out of the game. There'd be periods of it where you'd think, where is he? And he scored four. 
He scored four goals that night. <laughs> yeah. and he, I mean, th these are incredible times. They but really are. I think Zidane deserves credit for how Ronaldo is playing that way because clearly there is massive amount of mutual respect. We heard Zidane joking that his goal in the final at Hampden Park was better than Ronaldo's. <laughs> that argument, we can, well, we could go on for another hour um, arguing which one was better. But I think he respects it's so mutual and Ronaldo plays under Zidane perfectly to the way Zidane wants him to play and it's so effective. He tipped me over the edge last night, Ronaldo. He's the best ever. <laughs> oh, you, we're going He's into the best that, ever. In the world ever. That, that you saw tip, Messi that, score that, four goals. I did, it, but that tipped me the, just over the edge. Right. And do you know one of the things I admire about Ronaldo as well is His hair. that, well, that too, but also the fact that... He's got eyes of love, hasn't the, he? The way that he's made himself into what he is. With, I, I don't believe he's blessed with the, the same natural ability as Messi, personally. But I think that the way that he's, the way that he's worked on his game, the way that he is incredible. Um, self, And you look the way he's improved as well. I remember, I remember the days when people used to ridicule him for, for being the step-over kid at Manchester United. You know, the spotty step-over kid with the funny haircut. Well... You know, Messi's always been brilliant. <laughs> Ronaldo, you know, you're absolutely you know, right. You know, Ronaldo has had to, you know, has, has, has come from a different place. Uh, ten games in a row. The Cristiano Ronaldo has scored in the UEFA Champions League a new record. We could talk about him all night, but we have to move on to Tuesday's other tie, which saw Sevilla host five-time champions Bayern at the Ramon Sanchez Pizjuan Stadium. Mark Scott saw this one. Escadero on the left, early ball in, it's not a bad one, chance here, and taken! Pablo Sarabia gives Sevilla the lead! He missed a glorious opportunity earlier, but he has taken this one quite brilliantly. Here is Rodriguez, who's only just come on in towards Ribery, early delivery, off the post and in! Oh, he fooled the keeper who was expecting the cross. Frank Ribery went to the near post and just smuggled it between David Soria and the upright and buying a level and have an away goal. It took a slight deflection, actually. Unfortunate touch of Jesus Navas, who was trying to deflect the cross. Wrong-footed his keeper, who couldn't get back in time and just slapped it onto the post and in. Floated towards the far post, chance, and in. It has been coming. Sevilla one, Bayern two. We gave them a small amount of chances, what you can expect against a team like this. Uh, they were lucky twice, uh, deflecting the ball, so it's a little bit, it's a hard one to swallow. The first goal was, was lucky for us, uh, we, we know that, we have to admit it. But um, yes, I think the second half, of course, uh, was good then from us. Uh, um, I think the last 10 to 15 minutes we could have uh, done a better job in keeping the ball, protecting it from time to time. Um, but of course, uh, if there's an opponent trying to score, doing all they can, sometimes it's really difficult. Um, I think this will be even better next week, but yeah, we will have to work hard again. Reaction from Sevilla's Simon Kier and Bayern's Mats Hummels there. Thomas Muller, by the way, after the game, uh, said we conceded too many chances by giving away possession too easily in the first half. Jupp Heynckes wasn't happy with us at halftime and neither were we. Uh, and I was watching back some of the game, Chris, uh, first half. Pine just simply were unable to hold on to the ball, really, until James came on because of the injury to Vidal. Yeah, which proved to be a big moment because he seemed to give them control and, and a bit more balance. Yeah, he did. Uh, and that, that was a big call to not start James, given he's been very impressive. Um, Sevilla won't believe that they, they lost the game. You know, not just the fact that they... Well, Sarabia missed a, a golden chance to make it 1-0 and then scored. And I think the nature of the goals, Navas' own goal and Thiago's header could easily have been an own goal as well. It, it took True. a big deflection. 
um, they won't believe it. It's important in the short break that they take the positives. And of course, they went to Old Trafford against Manchester United and won away in the second leg in the last round. And, you know, if they have as men, much of the ball and as many of the chances in Munich, which is a big if, the tie is, is still alive. But they'll be very, very disappointed, of course, to lose. But particularly their performance, the way the game went, they certainly didn't deserve to be beaten. Uh, Vincenzo Montella says we didn't have a huge chance. We don't have a huge chance in the second leg but we'll play with the same pride. And the headline in marker in relation to, to this match was severe without luck and without legs because they did they did tire. They were so intense in the opening stages. Um, do you see much hope for them in the second leg? And Munich Bayern are so good at home in the UEFA Champions League. Yeah, they're just a force at home, aren't they? Um, we didn't give them much of a chance going to Manchester United, but, right. uh, but Bayern is a step up, definitely. Um, I mean, the... German paper TZ semi-finals here we come um, I don't I don't think you Pinkers will enjoy that type of headline he'll know it will be around um, Bayern are massive favourites but Sevilla have to believe that they've already been to one of the the biggest clubs in European football and won um, by a scoreline by the way which would take the tie to extra time but they have to still believe but you would think you know if Bayern are going to be serious contenders then they, they have to see this game out and it's a wonderful knack if you're not playing well and, and winning Yep, certainly. And the stats go against Sevilla. Jupankas has won 12 UEFA Champions League games in a row now, extending his own record, which actually goes back to his previous stint. Five from his previous stint in charge, seven uh, from the current one. Uh, next on Match Day Live, analysis and reaction from Wednesday night's matches. Everyone can enjoy football, no matter who you are, where you're from or how you play. Equal Game is a new UEFA Respect social responsibility campaign that positively promotes inclusion, diversity and accessibility in football throughout Europe. You're listening to Match Day Live with Chris Parrott and me, Rob Daly, on to Wednesday's action in the UEFA Champions League when Liverpool took on Manchester City. Adam Summerton saw this one. Firmino into the area, chance to shoot, saved by Edison, and Firmino, and Salah scores! Cop end, Liverpool lead at Anfield, Mo Salah's first sight of goal, he only needed one, it's Mo Salah, of course it is, it's always him! Oxlade-Chamberlain stopped it, what a goal! He smashed it in, Oxlade-Chamberlain, from all the 25 metres out, the cop is in raptures, and Liverpool have doubled their lead, and this is sensational! Salah's got it back again, in goes his cross, Mane! Three! Sadio Mane for Liverpool! This is incredible at Anfield! Liverpool are all over Manchester City, and they can't stop scoring goals! Liverpool three, Manchester City nil! And that's the way it stayed. Liverpool did not concede an away goal. We'll go back to Adam Summerton shortly, but first let's hear from one of Liverpool's goal scorers on the night, Alexander Oxlade-Chamberlain. Yeah, obviously uh, it was a great start for us and, you know, going 3-0 up before half-time, it, it set us up brilliantly. We, we knew we had to start fast and I, I don't think that was hard today with the with the crowd, the atmospheres. We were coming into the ground right through the warm-up. The, the fans were unbelievable out there and, you know, it got me going. I'm sure it got all the boys going. I think you could see that and, uh, you know, I think obviously... I think we've won the game in the first half and, and then we've had to defend well in the second half. 
Alexander Oxlade-Chamberlain, a Steven Gerrard-like goal at the cop end in the UEFA <laughs> Champions League. He was superb, and as Steven Gerrard has said, I've seen uh, since full time, he called it the perfect performance, Adam Summerton, for Liverpool. Yeah, it was, because they showed different facets to their game, which is something that they've been accused of not having. They showed the ability to hit hard and have intensity and press high up, as they did in the first half, but they also showed an incredible defensive resilience in the second half and restricted a side with the quality of Manchester City um, to not really that much in the way of chances. Yes, they yeah. dominated possession, City, but they didn't create a great deal. I'm only really thinking of uh, Leroy Sane's opportunity as one we think should have scored there, but other than that, not really much at all. So, yeah, I agree with Steven Gerrard. It, it was in many ways the perfect performance and they showed as well game intelligence, which I think Liverpool have also been accused of not having. Sometimes they get in the heat of the moment, they, they lose their heads, they just keep attacking, bang, bang, bang. That wasn't what I saw tonight. That was the side who, who, who knew when to stop the game, they knew when to slow it down, they knew when to bring game management in. Really impressive all round. And I think that came right from the top with, with Jurgen Klopp because as one, two, three went in, there wasn't the the mad celebrations that we know and love Jurgen Klopp for. There was a more measured, OK, it's a two-legged tie against the great team. And that seemed to filter down. And certainly, you know, whatever he said at half-time, to, to calm them down and say, look, we're going to play a, a different style of football, frankly, in this second period. One which I don't think a lot of people would have backed Liverpool to be successful at. Remember, they lost a three-goal lead against Sevilla in the group stage, were heavily criticised for it. And they came out, and instead of going for a fourth or a fifth goal, they... You know, they didn't quite park the bus, but <laughs> to use that phrase that, you know, teams have tried to do against them. But, you know, they were very, very diligent. And Laura's carries didn't have a didn't have a save to make. And they were um, they were terrific. The one the one slight apart from George Henderson's yellow car, which will mean he'll miss the second leg. Mo Salah off injured you know, at the time of, of talking. We don't know how bad they'll be desperately hoping that he's fit for the second leg in only a few days' time because, look, it's 3-0, but it's Manchester City and it's not tie-over yet. Appeared to be walking OK when he came back on the pitch from Osala at the end of the game, but we'll wait and see. Uh, in the meantime, let's hear from the Liverpool manager, Jurgen Klopp. They didn't have a lot of chances, to be honest, so we defended it well, but it's in the last moment. But, of course, we didn't play football by ourselves anymore. But the um, first half was brilliant. That's how, how the football should look in, in, in a good moment. We know about the, we knew about the qualities of, of Manchester City, but we knew as well about our own qualities. So the first goal was a brilliant counter-attack. All goals were, were fantastic. So that was all good, but, of course, how is that? It's only half-time, and so um, in, the, in the second half of the game today. And more and more I think about the, the performance, I wonder if the real battle was won in the middle of the park and in, and in turn by the team selection that, that Jurgen Klopp went for. It wasn't too gung-ho, there was a bit of caution in there with Milner and Henderson and then that thrust from Oxlade-Chamberlain. Yeah, it's a good blend, isn't it, when you, when you put yeah. it the way that you just did there. And um, Milner was outstanding against his, his former club, such a mature performance. And that's a good word to describe Liverpool as a whole, a mature maturity about their game and Milner was really important in that they knew when to, to, to put on the press they knew when to, to sit off they, they they just got the balance right and again I talk about things that Liverpool have been criticised for this season and during Klopp's reign as well balance they've not got the balance right they did tonight you know and they just such a good performance all round and, and the key decision for, for Guardiola was to put the two 
defensively-minded players in the midfield, Gundogan and Fernandinho. You know, I wonder how Guardiola is reflecting on that now. Does he believe, you know, was that the right decision? Will he go with both of them in, in the second leg? I suspect he probably won't do. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right to highlight central midfield as such an important area, yeah. Yeah, I mean, before the game, Liverpool didn't switch their system from the way that they have played all season long. Yes, they changed the style in the second half, but Manchester City did switch their system. He picked Gundogan, he dropped Sterling to the bench. Um, I just see now, after you were saying that, Adam, Guardiola asked that in the press conference, was he right to drop Sterling? And his answer, we lost 3-0. I mean, that's, that's his <laughs> words. You know, read into that what you think, but certainly... It, it certainly showed Liverpool a huge amount of respect, which yeah. you can understand, particularly with the way that they play at Anfield. But I just wonder, you know, Manchester City are so far clear in the Premier League. They've been the best team in England. You wonder whether Guardiola might feel that he should have just gone with what has worked this season. Didn't work at Anfield in the league necessarily, no. but, you know, they lost 4-3. That They'd certainly take a 4-3 defeat as opposed to a 3-0 loss. I think, as well, it goes back to what I said before the game, Rob. I don't think Manchester City are ready to win this competition yet. And and this, you know, it's a performance like that that, mean, that adds... It's why I say this, because I, I still think they've got a lot to learn, particularly in this competition. They're still in their development phase as a team. That's why it's utterly ludicrous to talk about Manchester City being the end product, Manchester City being the best Premier League team ever. Utter rubbish. You know, they're, they're still learning, they're still developing, and this stage of the competition will test you big time. Uh, let's hear from the Manchester City manager, Pep Guardiola. To be stable, mentally stable after Constitu Worlds when they didn't do absolutely anything uh, until that moment, so it's, it's tough. Uh, and after the 10 15 minutes in the first half, and uh, they were better. Uh, in the second half, we tried to score the goals we needed to, to give there, and, and nothing we lost. Perhaps they miss Sergio Aguero a little bit more than we, uh, than we thought as well. By the way, Jurgen Klopp asked about Mo Salah. He says he spoke to the Egyptian winger who said he's all fine, all good. Klopp says, I hope that's the case. Six <laughs> days, Chris, uh, to the second leg. Also a Merseyside derby uh, coming up at the weekend. The top four spot looks relatively secure. I think, I think Mo Salah will be wrapped in the finest cotton wool for the next, <laughs> <laughs> next few days and just said, please, don't even, walk, yeah, don't, 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 <laughs> even, don't even walk anywhere. Just we'll, we'll pick you up and just make sure you're OK for the second leg because, you know, a three-goal lead is a, is a wonderful advantage and, and Liverpool shouldn't give it away. But this is Manchester City um, and if City score the first goal at the City of Manchester Stadium, they'll hope to play in an atmosphere like they did at Anfield and have their fans behind them because Anfield was a cauldron of noise and it, it definitely it definitely spurred Liverpool on, but it's not over yet. Do you know what? Just thinking as you're talking, what's going to be really interesting now is that going into this, Liverpool were the underdogs, City were the favourites, even though the first leg. How are Liverpool going to cope with it mentally now? Liverpool are in the box seat. Liverpool are the big favourites, even having to go to Manchester for the second leg. How does that pan out mentally? How do Liverpool deal with that? Because I mentioned Manchester City are in a development phase as a squad and in this competition. This group of Liverpool players are in a development phase. In so this the Everton game's a healthy distraction, isn't it? For the, well, it, for the time it is, but... At least until Saturday, 2.30. The fact that they've got that 10-point lead, albeit with having played a game more than Chelsea, that's massive in terms of Klopp's team selection for that game against Everton because I wonder whether you might see players like Solanke and Ings 
he's very restricted yeah. in what he can do in terms of central defence because he hasn't got any central defenders. Clavan's injured, Matip's out for the rest of the season. Kovic there was, out. yeah, I mean, there was a Connor Masterson was on the bench tonight. He's 19. He's never played for the the seniors before, so he can't do much in central defence. Van Dijk and and uh, and, um, and uh, Lovren are going to have to play, um, but maybe. I think in the rest in the rest of the side, I, I think he'll probably make changes for Everton. But it's you know it's no one they don't want to lose a derby. Well, no, and, do they? and City are playing a derby as well, where they can yeah. win the title against Manchester United. Just almost an unnecessary headache for Guardiola that he can <laughs> win the league at the weekend. What a week for both clubs. <laughs> Wouldn't be a bad lift though, would it, to go into uh, the well, second leg winning quite. the title? Absolutely right. Okay, uh, more to come on this game. Adam, get thinking about your man of the match as well. Lots of candidates uh, for that. Liverpool three, Manchester City nil. Let's go to Wednesday's other game. Roma travelled to Barcelona at the camp now. Dan Roebuck was our commentator. Messi, a touch for Iniesta. Looks for Messi! Well, Barcelona have scored here, and this could go down as an own goal. It all happened in a flash. We'll have to take another look. The bottom line is Eusebio de Francesco's side are behind here. Rakitic will go again inside the area on TT. Oh, he's in the post and he's got in. Oh, that's an unfortunate situation for Roma. PK, Barcelona have another. And this time is actually from one of their players, Suarez. His effort was saved by Alisson. Piquet, who'd raced forward, had put it into an unguarded net. Getting through towards Dzeko here! And this time Roma do score! Roma have pulled the goal back here. Dzeko alive inside the penalty area. And this time Tostegen could not keep Roma out. And then the shot flashes home after a mistake at the back. Suarez's goal drought has ended. Barcelona have their three-goal cushion once again. The mistake by Fazio, I think. And Barcelona lead Roma by four goals to one. Dan Roebuck joins us now, our commentator for this one. Dan, a convincing scoreline, but was it necessarily vintage Barcelona tonight? Well, it's no means uh, vintage because there was two old goals uh, rubbed in the scoreline, of course. Uh, so Barcelona will not look at this fixture and suggest that they dominated from start to finish because Roma did have opportunities and in spells they played well but Barcelona not playing well and still winning 4-1 it doesn't really bode well for Roma doesn't it now we know that Barcelona are huge favourites to go through here but last season of course they were beaten away from home by Juventus by three goals to nil they were beaten by Paris Saint-Germain by four goals to nil away from home in the knockout stages of the UEFA Champions League but it's difficult to see Roma doing something Thing similar in the return this time around. Dan, how big was that that Barcelona fourth goal? Not just for the tie, but for Luis Suarez, who hadn't scored for the best part of a year in, in, in the UEFA Champions League. So from, from both sides, if you like, player and club, that was a, a massive strike, wasn't it? Huge for him, I think. He worked hard. He looked a, a little off when he was in the first half, when he was offside for a goal, and then he had an opportunity to pounce uh, and again standing in an offside position. So it wasn't vintage from him either. But he did score for the first time in the UEFA Champions League this season. First goal since scoring against Paris Saint-Germain in the knockout stages last year. He has been in good form for Uruguay and indeed Barcelona in La Liga recently. But this is slightly different. So he will gain some confidence from it, I'm sure. Uh, and Barcelona generally will be very, very confident that they will make it through. Dan, I remember you talking pre-match about quotes from Eusebio Di Francesco about how, and, and I think you were alluding to it, that perhaps Roma felt privileged to be in this position, but weren't talking in terms of actually competing with Barcelona enough. 
Well, that's a real shame, isn't it? And I think that in the first half an hour or so, we saw them stand off Barcelona far too much. Obviously, teams do that at the camp now yeah. time and time again. But as the second half wore on, they had a big opportunity straight after the restart. Perotti headed wide. And then we saw Tostegan make two brilliant saves, one from Perotti and one from the substitute. Defrel and then Roma gained a bit of confidence they scored and as Chris has just mentioned there you just felt that that Suarez goal has really just put the nail in the coffin for the hopes of progressing to the semi-finals but I think they will give it a good go in the return leg but you can't really see them turning it around okay Dan man of the match from Barcelona four Roma one I'm going to go for Rakitic, who had more touches than anybody else, more passes completed in the opposition half than anybody else, and also more interceptions than anyone else from a Barcelona point of view. So I'm going to give it Rakitic. Very nice. Dan, thank you very much indeed. Adam Summerton, you've had some time to think. Man of the match from Liverpool, three, Manchester City, nil. Well, it could have been anyone, to be honest. <laughs> but I'm going to give it to Alexander-Arnold, because I think that for such a young player to be tested by another exceptional young player uh, in Leroy Sane, City's biggest threat on the night. Thought he handled him brilliantly, particularly in that second half. And, and nullifying that threat was key to Liverpool not conceding an away goal, which could be so important in the tie. So Salah created one, scored one, but I, I still think I give it to Alexander-Arnold. No, not a bad shout at all. Chris? Tuesday's Man of the Tough Night. One. Tough one, isn't it? Really hard. You've got to find something new about to say him at least. Something new to say about him at least. Well, he did something that I've never seen him do before, I suppose. Scored the greatest overhead kick I think I've seen, certainly in the UEFA Champions League. Yep. It, it, was, it was one of those moments when you just sit back and you just say, wow. Like, and sports and football is supposed to be an entertaining business. Well, that was majestic. He also scored the first goal, Cristiano Ronaldo. He also set up the third, so not a bad night work Just for, the, his assist for, well. for the greatest goal scorer in the history of this competition and 21 goals now in UEFA Champions League quarterfinals. That is frankly ridiculous. Ronaldo was magic. That's all we have time for on Match Day Live at the end of the quarter-final first leg encounters. On Tuesday, that man inspired Real Madrid to a decisive 3-0 victory over Juve. And in Spain, a little luck saw Bayern overcome Sevilla. On Wednesday, a perfect first-half performance from Liverpool shocked Manchester City to put a firm foot in the door of this season's semi-finals. Meanwhile, Barcelona take a comfortable three-goal lead into their second leg over Roma. Join us again on Tuesday, the 10th of April. Until then, from Chris Parrott, Adam Summerton, Dan Roebuck and myself, Rob Day, it's goodbye. Ronaldo goes for the overhead kick, scores an unbelievable goal. Overhead kick finish into the corner. Ronaldo again. Well, it is almost beyond the boundaries of belief. Except this is Cristiano Ronaldo, where anything is possible. It has been coming. It wasn't the most stylish of goals he'll ever score, but the Bavarians do not care. And then the shot flashes home after a mistake at the back. Suarez's goal drought has ended. Barcelona have their three-goal cushion once again. Salah's got it back again. In goes his cross. Mane! Three! Sadio Mane for Liverpool! This is incredible at Anfield! Liverpool are all over Manchester City and they can't stop scoring goals! Liverpool 3, Manchester City 0. Remarkable stuff here. You've been listening to UEFA Champions League Matchday Live.